Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. Now your hosts. Hello everyone and welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. I'm John Alois, joined by Sean Dagenhart. Yep, I'm here. And John Redling Schaefer. Me too. Before we get started this week, I want to remind you we are on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. We would love to hear from you. If you have a Disney story to share, email us at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. We start things off with our Disney views. I throw it over to Sean. As a student of history, one of my favorite people to read about is Dave Smith. Um, you know, he was hired back in 1970. Um, to archive the contents of Walt's office. Roy hired him, wanted him to, you know, just catalog everything that was in there. Um, and he did that and eventually became the head of the Disney archives. Created that company, which is now a model for companies all over the world of how they archive their assets and their history. Um, he became a legend in 2007, retired in 2010, and passed away just a few years ago. But on January 24th of this year, 2022, um, kind of, he kind of achieved what everyone that works for Disney hopes to achieve. He got his window on Main Street, Disneyland Park. Um, wonderful little ceremony. Watched some of it. Um, the Blue Fairy and Pinocchio and uh, Jiminy Cricket were there to help. Um, his window appears over the Fortuosity Shop, which is just past the Emporium as you're heading down Main Street towards Sleeping Beauty Castle. And it says, um, the top part of the window says, New Century Historical Society. And down below it says, Dave Smith, Town Archivist, Preserving, Protecting, and Presenting Our Fond Memories of the Past. So very excited for Dave to get his window on Main Street. Yeah, one of the main reasons why we are able to celebrate the Disney company and its history is because of Dave Smith. And he's, he's certainly earned that window spot on Main Street. Well, we're happy to introduce our guest this week. He's a former character artist at the Disney Studios, where he worked on features such as The Lion King, Fantasia 2000, Treasure Planet, Home on the Range, and The Princess and the Frog. Here to share his story with us this week is Tao Nguyen. Welcome, Tao. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up, and when did you discover your appeal for Disney? I grew up in Oregon, and uh, it was my senior year. That's when I started to decide to uh, go into um, animation. Um I drew a lot when I was little, but um, I didn't know what I wanted to do as a career. But as my senior senior year came uh, in high school, I was like, uh-oh, I got to get out into the real world and do something. So um, I decided, like, what am I going to do for a living? Because um, I didn't have any clue or direction. I had good grades and everything. I graduated with honors, uh, 3.5 GPA. Um, but then I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So... Uh, I decided to go into uh, art because that's something I like to do when I was a kid. I used to draw a lot, but um, it was into, into my senior year in, in high school. That's when I really got serious into it. And then I saw, um, I went to a movie, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And I watched and I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, that seems fun. 
And that's when I decided, you know what, I think I would like to be an animator. So that's, that's what got me inspired to become an animator for Disney. So once you made that decision, where did you go? Where, where did you start looking? You know, what was your career path? I mean, obviously you could just, you know, try to um, show up at the studios and show them what you can do. Or did you decide to do some professional development? Living in Oregon, I actually called Disney Studios. I, I contacted, I looked it up, contacted the studio in L.A., uh, in Burbank, really. And I said, uh, I called them up and I said, hey, um, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Uh, I'll empty the trash. I'll do whatever it takes to uh, to become an artist. If you guys can just train me, just, you know, what what do I need to do? And they uh, actually told me, um, you should, we don't do that anymore. We don't train artists like that. But there is a school that you can try to go to. It's called CalArts. Um, uh, it's an, actually an animation film school. It's a film school and um, that Walt kind of helped build for artists and um, filmmakers. So I was like, okay. So Disney said go to CalArts. So that's what I tried to do. So I, from Oregon, I, uh, my high school year, I applied at CalArts and um, I didn't make it in. So I got this rejection letter from CalArts and it was very heartbreaking. And But I didn't want to give up. But my mom said, okay, you're going to go to California. You're going to move there, live there for a year, and then establish uh, residency and then apply again. So that's what I did after high school. I went down to California and uh, looked all over for jobs. And then I ended up, um, the very last job that I um, took on was uh, working at Disneyland. It wasn't Disney Studios, but it, was, it had the word Disney, so it was close enough. So I worked there for about a year and I applied again at CalArts, redoing my portfolio, you know, practicing drawing and things. And that's when I made it in. So the following year, I made it into CalArts and, and that's what uh, helped me um, build my drawing skills. So when you were working on your portfolio that year that you were at Disneyland, were you drawing Disney things? Were you, you know, d doing inspiration from the parks? You know, what were you drawing during that time that you were just you know, building up your skills. It was so um, perfect being at Disneyland because it was like, it's so inspiring. I mean, I felt like this connection, like Walt was close by and he's telling me to draw this and draw that. And, you know, I, I do as when I was working, I, I do like on the side, little doodles here. And I actually, I think I gave some um, uh, visitors some of my sketches. They don't know who I was back then. So, but they said, Oh, that looks fun. That looks good. So I just drew it and I just gave it to them for fun. So who knows? Some of my drawings are flowing out there somewhere. But, um, yeah, I was so inspired. It, it just inspires me because you see the characters all over the, the theme park. So, um, so I got the best of both worlds working at the theme park and the studio. So, but the, the, the characters at the theme park just inspired me because it's based on the movies. It took you a little while to get into uh, Disney. Talk about the process in general, um, not just working at Disneyland, but you know, how did you uh, eventually come to realize your dream? How did you stay positive through all of it? Getting into Disney, um, the studios uh, for feature animation for as an animator, that's it's it's very 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 competitive and it's very hard to get into. You got to be very, very good. Um, and I'm very blessed to, to get in there. You know, I mean, I worked hard for it. It took me seven years, seven years 
for me to to fulfill my dream of uh, making it into the studios. Um, so from CalArts, um, that kind of helped me because it gave my portfolio, it gave my thinking, my training. And um, I said, you know what? I know a lot of uh, former Disney artists or animators from Disney are working. I mean, they went to CalArts and um, they got the training from CalArts. So I'm like, I know I'm like in the right direction, so, but I got to work hard for it. And so I, I applied there um, for Disney Studios, taking the test uh, after my second year at college at CalArts. And it was a cleanup job, um, a cleanup animated job. And that's not what CalArts trains you to be. They train you to be the highest. They train you to be, train you to be animators, like storyboard artists and and higher development and directors. And, and for entry level as a, a cleanup animator, in train us that so but um i tried for it i didn't make it of course you know you always crush but uh so i tried to do other things uh throughout waiting because you can't you can't just take the test and and you fail and then you try to take it again there's a time period where you can take it again they gotta invite you to take it um submitting your portfolio so um so that's what i did i took um night classes besides um i worked at odd jobs here and there and then um i took um night um art drawing classes and and i connected and i met with other fellow um employees of disney who are animators and i tried to um get into the head i try to um research and 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 see where my portfolio is with them and they give me tips and advice and i kept going and going you know keep so i am um, i ate i slept and i dreamt animation basically and it takes a lot of dedication it takes a lot of ambition and you just got to work really hard for it if you really want it you got to you know really sacrifice i lost a lot of friends i uh all i did was just i drew i drew i drew and i you know try to do stuff that was close to disney related so um and then and, and it all paid off in the end for a non-artist like me try to explain what you submit to be considered for an animation job is it one particular drawing or a series of drawings? Does it depend on the studio or the job at issue? Okay, so um, I didn't only work for Disney. I worked at uh, Warner Brothers and I worked for DreamWorks Feature Animation. So I worked at um, three of the biggest studios in Hollywood. And um, I worked also at uh, smaller studios too. So um, for people who are trying to get into uh, the studios, here's my suggestion and advice. Um, depending on what you want to do. So if you want to work for Disney, do Disney related characters. You don't necessarily do Mickey Mouse because if you do Mickey Mouse wrong, they're going to see that and they said, well, this guy can't even draw Mickey Mouse. There's no bother. But if you draw something close to related to the Disney style of animation, um, they will consider you. So here's a good example. When I went to apply at The Simpsons to be a layout artist at um, Simpsons Studios um, doing the Simpsons TV show, and the guy, uh, David Cutler, who was an animator from Disney, he was uh, actually working there. And um, he looked at my portfolio and everything. He's like, what are you doing here? He said, uh, your stuff looks great, but um, you should be at Disney. And I was like, oh, what a compliment, you know? And here I'm trying to apply for The Simpsons, and this guy's telling me I should be at Disney. So I knew that my stuff was close to Disney stuff. 
So that's what you need to do. You, um, for those who are trying to be a 2D animator, you need to submit 2D uh, artwork. For those who want to do 3D stuff, you got to do 3D artwork. Um, you got to do reels. You got to. It depends on what you want to do. This so once you get into animation, there's so many different uh, breakdowns uh, in the in the in the job of creating an anim animation piece. There's background designers. There's character designers. There's layout artists. There's directors. There's lighting um, prop designers. Character animators. Uh, so there's so many things um, uh, to go into that you can um, that you need to really gear towards that specific area that you're trying to aim for. So if I was a character animator, I wouldn't throw a whole bunch of layout and props and, and anything that's not related to characters. I would do character stuff. I would do character drawings, character uh, animation. Um, I would do turnarounds. I would do expressions. And Disney loves human and animal drawings. Now, realistic and cartoony. Um, you don't want to copy their characters, but you want to do stuff that um, kind of that looks like Disney-ish. Somebody would say, oh, that, that looks like Disney made that. So that's something you would want to um, try to put into your portfolio. Nowadays, it's online uh, portfolios and reels. And so in the old days, I had the handheld um, portfolios with paper and pencil, you know. So um so that's what my suggestion is. So find out where you want to go and gear your samples and your reels and your um, uh, resume towards that um, specific job. So, so if you have no experience, that's fine. Trying to try to find experience from a smaller studio or a group project or a student project you need to have some kind of sample so they can see it and they can see where you stand. So you graduate from CalArts. Is that, was that a two-year program, a four-year program? What was that? It's actually a four-year program, but I went there for two years. And here's the reason. In animation and art, um, we found out it's not how many degrees you have. It's how good you are. So... With um, two years, if you're really good, there's this one guy, this one student, uh, my classmate, we know he was really good, Sergio Pablos. He uh, created Claws and he did uh, this, created Despicable Me and he's such a talented uh, animator. It only took him one or two years and we knew that this guy could um, blow, anyway, blow away any four-year student. So in animation and the film industry and art, it's all about your talent. It's how good you are. It's not how many degrees you have. So, um, so knowing that, two years, I knew I was good enough. Me and a whole bunch of other artists, we all took off two years um, just because we knew that we could do it. And, um, and also with CalArts, it's, it's very expensive, you know. It's a very expensive school. And for those who want to go there and can afford it, great. If those who nowadays you got so many places, you can go online, you can go to smaller private um, colleges and classes. So I did um, classes at um, in LA. I did classes at the Union. I did classes that were not even universities or colleges. They were just private um, classes like the Art Institute. So that's something you can um, look into. 
And where were you when you found out that Disney was going to hire you? Was it a letter? Was it an email? Was it a phone call? Was it one of those life-changing moments? All right. So with Disney, um, you know, it was my dream. It took me seven years to get there. But before that, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. Um, I was working at a bookstore. <laughs> and I was you know, in L.A. looking at working at a bookstore, a little small bookstore called um, Crown Books. And I was thumbing through the Hollywood Reporter. Like it's a magazine. It's an industry magazine that tells you um, what – um, production was being made, what, what was going on in the uh, film business and the industry. And then I saw a little ad. It said um, animation help wanted, you know, something like that. Animators wanted. So, uh, and it was close by. It was in Glendale. I was like, wow. So I took a day off and I went there and, and I told them I went to CalArts and I found out this group of artists there was a gaming company. And they, um, a lot of those artists came from Bluth. I was like, wait, that's that's like Disney. So, um, and they saw my stuff. So um, they help. Uh, they let me do a little test, and I passed. So, so I worked for this little stall, um, small studio for a year. But being uh, it being a Bluth uh, crew or um, group of artists there that was working on this game, they taught me a lot of stuff that was closely related to Disney stuff. Because there, that's you know, Don Bluth made all these movies that was um, if you. Those who don't know, it looked like Disney. So, um, so that's where I got part of my uh, experience and my um, uh, education, and and I got that on my resume. So, and the director there, he he was um, the the my boss. He was the uh, co-director of All Dogs Go to Heaven. So I was like, man, I want to learn something from this guy. So that's what I did. I was trying to learn animation on the side. And then all these Bluth people here were training me how to be a cleanup artist, which is the entry level to get into Disney. So they helped me. And on the side, I was doing art classes, you know, private art classes at, at night and just just go in and, and try to improve my portfolio and just keep, keep, like I said, eating, dreaming and sleeping animation. So um, and that helped me to get into my next gig, which is working at um, Bear Animation Company. And they did um, feature films and commercials. And so the Bear Studio, um, this little tiny company does little, um, they take on projects from the bigger studios that when the bigger studios need to finish and they're in a crunch, they outsource their project and they call Bear Animation and, and they were doing a film. Uh, so Paramount, Studios was doing a film um, called The Petition and the Beast. That was my first feature film. And surprisingly, um, I called up Bear and I said, hey, um, I'm looking for another you know, job. And they're like, oh, what are you doing? So I do an character animation. And they're like, well, we got a feature film on it. And uh, we're working on a feature film. Would you like to come in and work here? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. So from Bear Animation, I was... Um, I got the title as a supervising cleanup animator. So I was like, man, I'm moving up. And then from Bear Animation Studios, I was like, listen, I'm working on a feature film and Warner Brothers just opened up and they're working on the quest for Camelot. So I was like, let me try getting to Warner's now. So I called up Warner Brothers and like, hey, my name's Kyle. I'm the supervising anima uh, cleanup animator on uh, the petition and the visa for Bear Animation Studios. Um, and they're like, okay. Well, why don't you come over when you're done? Um, and I 
got into my second feature film, which is The Quest for Camelot. And from there, I went to, um, I called up Disney and I submitted my portfolio. And that's how I got into Disney from having two previous feature films. So it's like a snowball effect where, you know, you're like uh, from one studio to the next studio and getting better and better. And then from Disney, it was like after getting to Disney, I can work anywhere. And that's what I did. I worked at DreamWorks and then back to Warner's again and then DreamWorks. It's, it's a lot of jumping back and forth. And for me, I was really um, at a great time to be in the um, 2D animation film business because um, all these studios were springing up like dreamworks was just starting and and i was able to get on um, the prince of egypt which is the first feature film for dreamworks and the quest for a lot uh, quest for camelot was the first feature film for warner brothers and with me going to um from quest to disney i was working on my first feature film for disney which was fantasia fantasia 2000 so that was such an honor talk about uh you, you mentioned all these huge projects that you worked on Talk about some of your favorites. And uh, I know you worked in feature animation and uh, uh, other things as well. You've done illustrations for books. Just tell us uh, some, of your, some of your favorite projects. I get asked that a lot. People was like, what's your favorite film? What's, you know, I mean, with 15 film credits, 15 animated films that I've worked on, it's very tough. Um, each film and each studio meant something to me. Like Fantasia 2000 was my first feature film for Disney, and I worked on the Sprite character and uh, and the Elk, and that that meant something to me. You know, I worked on six movies overall. I worked on you know Atlantis, Treasure Planet, and Home on the Range, and the, even the Princess and the Frog and the Lion King. So each movie, I mean, it's it's very very hard for me because everything meant something to me in my in my life during each film because it takes a film that's so with a um working on six movies and every year i'd be working a movie you know i worked over 10 years in the film business so that's a period of my life in there it's a stage of my life if i if we had to break it down you know like with the each studios like you know like having fantasia as my first movie for disney yeah it meant something and then going to uh, DreamWorks and working for on the Prince of Egypt, that's another thing too. And then for Warner Brothers, I worked on the Iron Giant, you know, with um, Brad Bird and with a whole bunch of great animators. I mean, so each of these things, I just can't pick one project that I like. You know, um, they all they're all like your own babies, your own, you know, your pets and your your own kids. So you you fall in love with each and every one of them. So I saw in your credits that you were a key assistant for the special edition release for The Lion King. So most people think, you know, you re-release a project, you just get it out of the vault and, you know, send it into the theaters and on DVD. How much new work goes into some of those re-releases and special editions? And, you know, it's not just a matter of bringing it out from the archives, but, you know, I imagine a lot of work goes into those. Uh, the cool thing is um, with the special edition and, and re-releases and adding more sequences is that, you know, I didn't work on the original, the first original Lion King, but with this new special edition with additional scene, it was like, man, here's my chance. Here's my chance to be a part of the Lion King. They take every scene, every character, the whole sequence. There's a lot of work involved. So they, there's, 
it goes into the whole process uh even though that sequence is like less than a couple minutes long but they treat it as a whole feature film itself they pulled up the archive the old films they looked at it and we had to match things because that thing was done a couple of years ago and now we have to go back and rematch it in every way with the characters and making sure that it's still model and that it hasn't changed and that it fits nicely into the original and so I, my character was Zazu so that was awesome so um just just to be you know a part of that was just something that it just meant a lot to me and um so um, you know I'm very honored to to, to be a part of that one other question. You talk about working for different studios, Warner Brothers, Disney, DreamWorks, and they all have their own unique styles. And, you know, a lot of people can just look at an animation piece and say, oh, that's definitely DreamWorks. You know, what kind of mental preparation do you have to do going in thinking, okay, this is, I need to shift gears here. And now I'm working on this rather than, you know, something for Disney. Just, is it a totally different approach or you have to kind of remind yourself? Um, working at different studios, this is, okay, every studio, well, has a part of the other studio. So believe it or not, DreamWorks, when DreamWorks first started, they stole a lot of Disney artists. So a lot of that Disney style, that Disney technique is still there with DreamWorks. And the same with Warner Brothers. Um their techniques and styles and there was a lot of disney artists that went to warner brothers and that's the, the, the cool thing about working with um all three studios is that you get to meet all these people and and you know but we share same uh the, the same common love for um animation the techniques uh can vary and change a little bit and it also changes depending on the film too so for warner brothers um, the quest for Lam I worked on the quest for Camelot, and I worked on Iron Giant, and I worked on Looney Tunes back in action. I did work on Space Jam, but I didn't get a credit on that. So because it was that was way, you know, my first feature film, I didn't have enough hours, so it, I didn't get a credit. But um, working on all these films, especially think about how the Iron Giant works. Um, Brad Bird, what he wanted was for the artist to work to do the whole complete scene. Like in other movies, traditionally you work on a character and you stay with that character and you draw that character throughout the whole entire movie. But for some reason on the Iron Giant, Brad Bird wanted us to do the entire scene. Like I would have Kent and I would have Hogan. So I draw both characters, which is kind of weird, but it worked, um, which is cool. Cause now you get to work more than just one character. That's the fun part as in, like I worked on Atlantis, I was stuck on Keter the whole time, and that's all I drew was Keter, and I got really good at her. Um, so, and then going to other studios like DreamWorks, they changed the color pencil from blue to red. So, and they wanted to try. You know, every studio wants to evolve and try to do something different. That's 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 just like Disney. That's how they do it too. They want to better themselves in every way in filmmaking, um, the techniques and um, the way that they do things. Um, like uh, the mer little mermaid, you know, like doing cells. And then when you go to Atlantis, there's no cells. This is all strictly pencil drawing straight to the computer and then they, comp they paint in the computer. Uh, whereas in the little mer mermaid, there's another process where you do have to do the ink and paint. So everything throughout the years, 
movies evolved and the studios evolved, the techniques evolved. And then with each film, you can see that there's a, a different um, uh, evolvement and techniques used for different films. Please share what you're up to these days and where people can find you or follow you online. Yes. Um, now that I don't live in L.A. anymore, I moved to Orlando, Florida, um, 2005. Um, the reason for that is uh, the film business in L.A., um, I was a traditional 2D artist. So I was doing... 2D animation, which is hand-drawn paper and pencil. And then now everything's gone 3D, kind of like Frozen, you know. Um, so with doing that, there's less and less of 2D work and more 3D work. And that's something I don't want to do. I mean, it's using the mouse and and do puppeteering with the mouse. So I don't want to do that. Drawing, is it's it takes talent and there's something and there's a, a, a love for it. And with me, I said, you know what? And they trained us to be a three D artist in my my few um, last days at Disney. My um, they trained trained us in Maya, and I was like, this is something I don't want to do. So um, I wanted to do two D. So with that, I decided to switch careers and just just moving from California to Florida and living in Orlando. There's still the theme parks. And then when I got here, believe it or not, I was still able to work on two movies over here. I worked on the Curious George movie, and the last Disney movie was The Princess and the Frog, and I did it here in, in Florida because there's, you know, Disney had an animation crew over here in Florida. So, um, and they found out I moved here, and they're like, hey, you want to join us? And I was like, sure. So I did that, and I did some more, a little bit more gaming. So I did a little bit of everything, gaming, illustrations. So mostly now I do illustrations. So I do book covers, and believe it or not, um, even here in Florida, one time I was contacted by a producer uh, from Warner Brothers, and she's a producer from on the um, Superhero Girls. And I was surprised that she contacted me. She's like, I like your stuff. So I was like, hey, you want to do some character design for us? Some freelance character design. So I was like, okay, sure. So they're there in LA and I'm here in, in you know, Orlando. And um, so I would do the character designs and we'd just email and, you know, and send things back and forth. So for artists who are far away and not in LA and not close to Disney or following your dream studios, you can work anywhere. So I'm um, like Claus. Claus was done all over the world for animators all over the world. It's not just, uh, you know, my, my friend Sergio, he directed it. Um, we're classmates at CalArts. He directed and did it in, mostly in Spain. So, but everybody else was everywhere else. You don't have to live in Spain to do that. Uh, now I just do mostly illustrations. I get contacted from people all over and I do shows. I do convention shows and uh, I do fan art and do commission drawings. And actually now I'm also getting into uh, acrylic painting. I was always wanted to dabble into um, canvas painting. So I picked acrylics because it's fun. It's easy to uh, manipulate and it doesn't take a long time to dry and and I don't have time for that. So, but it looks beautiful too, if you do it right. So I do illustration, paintings, digital artwork. You know, you got to um, spread yourself out. You can't just be limited, you know. 
So, um, and then I post my stuff online. I, I do it with the groups on Facebook and I do have my own website. It's townnewandarts.com. So um, everything on Instagram, Facebook is townnewandarts all together. You can see some of my work. So I have drawings, I have paintings, digital artwork. So I do a little bit of everything because, you know, I'm a lover of art. So so a few um, uh, artists, artists and art fans, I'm going to start a, uh, it's like a blog or a video tutorial on uh, um, YouTube. So I'm going to start up a channel. So that would be down the line. That's that's something I've always wanted to do because um, there's so many people reaching out to me. How do you draw this? How do you draw that? Well, with this, I can uh, communicate to them in a different way where you can, you can see it visually and, and also hear me too. Nowadays, I just do illustrations, paintings. I just do all sorts of art because I love art. Any type of arts, I love it. Outstanding. And please let us know when you start your YouTube page. We'll make sure that we share it with our audience as well. Tao, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. Well, so happy to have Tao with us, and uh, what a great attitude. He said, it's not about how many degrees you have, it's about how good you are. He had a wonderful attitude when it comes to uh, the creative approach and just sharing his talents. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to someone who may be more optimistic than John Alois, and that's saying something. Uh, I, you know, it's clear that the, the passion uh, for what he has done and what he continues to do really is an inspiration to a lot of folks who maybe have hit a bunch of obstacles in their life. Yeah, very optimistic. And it was just great hearing his outlook on life. I mean, he got rejected, you know, so many times where many people would have given up. He had that dream and he followed it just like Walt did that many years ago and eventually um, got to do exactly what he wanted. Well said. Well, we want to make sure you follow us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. And email us at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us so more people find the show. Till next week, have a great one, everybody. We're glad you could join us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email or send us a recorded audio message at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub. Hyperion.